It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard on a uh, Monday. I've always felt the day after the Super Bowl should be a holiday, but we're here. Yeah, it would it, it would be nice to have today off, but alas, we are here. We're giving you a podcast, and we do have some high school sports to talk about. We do. Uh, it was actually a really busy Friday, um, and then uh, Saturday was kind of busy, too. There was a lot of ho- hockey, and there was a boys' basketball game, and we'll talk about that and all of it coming up in just a moment here on the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-877. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Garrett Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Garrett Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Garrett Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. 
If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports uh, podcast. And let's uh, start with uh, Friday, Brady, and let's start with boys basketball, and let's start at Port Huron Northern where the Huskies were taking on St. Clair. Minus Tyler Jamison, this would be the third game in a row that he had missed due to illness. They expect him back this week, um, I believe, for the Eisenhower uh, game. I don't think they play a game before that. No, I don't think so either. So, um all is well there on that front. This is not like a season-threatening um, issue. But he was out, and the kids have been playing very well without him, and this would be their third straight win. It wasn't easy, but at the same token, they kind of kept – it was one of those games St. Clair was chasing, St. Clair was chasing, and couldn't get over the hump and catch the Huskies. After the Huskies had a really good – first quarter in this game score at the end of one was 12 to 4 for uh, northern and then they just kind of kept that 8 to 10 point lead throughout the rest of the game well and the other thing is this is really the first game where northern has had to win by locking down defensively i mean this is a team that's been averaging 70 points a game so st Clair to hold them what 26 basically under their average gave them a shot the problem defensively and that's what they did. You hold St. Clair to 35 points. That's a big-time effort. And, and the young kids get another gritty win against a team that was prepared for this game and wanted to make a statement. So if you look at the last three quarters of basketball uh, in this game, St. Clair scores 31 points and Northern scores 32 points. So it's 32-31, second, third, and fourth quarter. So it was really the first quarter where Northern won won the basketball game, which is weird to think about, but that's really the way it did. And then the lockdown quarters for the Huskies, first quarter four points, fourth quarter they only gave up eight points. So And they were pretty consistent throughout, 12, 10, 11, 11. Yeah. So they get uh, 13 from Amir Moreland, um, who only made two baskets in the game. So Amir was clutch at the free throw line. Um, and Cam Haru scored 12 points. He had seven in the first when they, you know, kind of took control of things in that quarter. Alex Jamison, eight points. Luke Maher, seven points. And I'm giving Luke Maher MVP. Why is that? Because St. Clair in the fourth got it to one. They got it to 33-32. They had... A possession to take the lead, and Northern got a stop, and they got a three from Maher, who had had one point in the game at that point. Then they got a stop, and they got a three from Maher. He finishes with seven, but those two threes in the fourth quarter turned a one-point game into a seven-point game and and kind of put it to to bed. Um, and, And so, you know, again, the kids do their thing, but you get a veteran presence, and he probably knocked down the two biggest shots of the game. They're the only two shots that he made. He probably only took three or four shots in the whole game. But when it was money time, 
They went to Luke Maher, and he delivered. Well, and you know, Dennis, sometimes it's not how many shots you make, but when you make them. Yeah. And those are two huge shots to keep a a, a frisky St. Clair team at bay because they, they sure would have liked to get that win. But it's good to see Northern keeping up and finding a new way to win without Tyler Jamison. Again, glad that he's not threatened for the rest of the year, that – it should be sooner rather than later. And, I mean, this is a weird way to look at it, but th- if there was ever a time to take two week or so absence, pick the perfect time. Yeah, you know, you know yeah, and I, and I hope actually that this works out in their favor that he's getting rest right now. Because, because you w- know he's going to log a lot of minutes right. in and crunch time. Right, and it wasn't time. like, I guess it was the best type of missing with an illness because – if it was an injury, then you worry about the lingering effects, but it's not. So the only thing you have to really worry about is, okay, does he lose a step or two con- with conditioning? But he kind of has a few weeks to work that back up for districts when he needs to play big minutes. His muscles and his, his just body is going to get much-needed rest because he's playing 30 minutes a night, and he doesn't play a soft 30 minutes. He plays hard. He bangs down low. But maybe it's a good time. I know it's probably driving him insane, and it's something you don't want to hear. But who knows? Maybe if he's just even 5% fresher for the districts in a possible regional run, maybe that's the difference between winning a game and and not. Now, from the St. Clair side of things, okay, this is why I love a kid like Logan Ellis. Doesn't have a point all night. Isn't the guy they look to for scoring – isn't the guy they look to for three-point shooting. They're down four in the fourth quarter, and he's in front of the student section. Hmm. And you know it's, it's, it's been a different atmosphere at Northern this year. Yes. That gym is different right now. It's been the toughest place to play in the area. It's loud. It's electric. Those kids are into it. And they could have reached out and scratched his back, and he stood in that corner and drained a three that he had probably no business shooting, <laughs> that made it a one-point game. And he turned around and he looked at that student section and there wasn't a word that they could say to him. <laughs> See, that stuff, as long as you don't say anything like vulgar or... I don't think he said anything. He just no, turned and looked like, and said, yeah, that, I'm standing here. What do you want to fu- say? For me, that's the fun part with student sections is as long as you don't do anything obscene or say anything over the line... That makes it fun because you know the student section's on on people all night long and you hit a big shot, you, you just give them a look like, yeah, say something now. That makes, that makes it a lot of fun. The other thing I wanted to say about Port here on Northern is this is big uh, minutes for these freshmen that, for lack of a better term, hey, you take the bumpers down. You're, you're, you're going with no protection. The trading wheels are off. You don't have Tyler Jamison there to, to go to in big moments, and all of them are stepping up in big ways, and they're not they're not taking a step back or going, oh, no, what do we do now? They're taking a step forward and showing what they can do even without the all-time leading scorer in school yeah. history out on the floor with them. And that at this point, that was three in a row, three and oh without him with wins at New Haven yeah, against Gross Point North and against St. Clair. Yeah, they didn't play a uh, week three game. No, no. The, they, they had three tough opponents, and they played three tough games 
and they came out on top. Do you want to talk about three. the Ferndale games just getting Yeah, we'll, we'll get to with. that. I just want to mention Braylon Franz had 14. Cooper Pennewell had eight. Nobody else for the Saints had more than four points, though. That, I mean, that's you can't have that. I mean, good for St. Clair to hold them to 44. That That's how they needed to play the game if they wanted to win, but just couldn't quite score enough. Yeah, so then Saturday they did have to go and play uh, Ferndale. This is a neutral site in game. Davison. In Davison. Uh, Which, by the way, did you see the Davison-Flint-Hamity game? I did not. It went five overtimes. Wow. It was like 94-90 or something. Oh, my kind of game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was wild. This was kind of my kind of game, but maybe not Northern's kind of game without Tyler there. Here's the thing, though, is they, they lose to Ferndale 82-65. But that's still, like, Ferndale's a top 20 team in the state at worst. And they go in there without their best player, and they are competitive. Yeah, they lose by 17. But Tyler's worth 17 one way and probably a few off the board the other way. And they don't, like, they didn't back down. They didn't get demolished. They Okay, they maybe they were a, a step behind, but it's the back end of a back-to-back. You don't have your leading scorer, and it's a neutral site game against a really good team. I'm not really worried because again this helps the maturation process of these young kids hey this is what you need to be this is the level of team that you're going to play possibly in a regional final in a quarterfinal if you get there this is what it takes and guess what those freshmen are going to be there three more years it's going to be a lot of fun with them there and they can look back and draw on this experience later in their careers, if not this year. And and even still, when you look at this, Cam Haru had 19 points. Right. Alex Jamison had 18 points. Uh, Amir had uh, nine points and five assists. So it wasn't like they didn't show up. Right. They all did what they do. The, the, you know, they were just missing another piece that helps them in a game like this. Because when you're playing a Ferndale – you need all your pieces. They were running up and down, and they were missing their thoroughbred. Yeah. And they still did all right. So, no, I'm not worried at all about They're 16 this and 2. Yeah, I'm not worried about this either. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Their two losses are Ann Arbor, Huron, and Ferndale. I'm not concerned at all. Not concerned at all. Um, another game that uh, we kind of put a challenge out for Port Huron, if they want to really take that next step to beat Romeo – they gave them a good fight. They lose 52-45. Dwayne L. Benjamin with 10. Garrett James with 10. What do you make of this score? It seems like it was a good effort. It wasn't quite the wow factor, but the fact that they're playing with Romeo, a team in the Mac White, a team that was within three to Northern last time they played, has to feel like the, the Big Reds have made strides to their game from the start of the year to now, especially now that they're going up against a team what four divisions higher yeah well i mean i just i'm looking at it and and going you know th- that score kind of makes me think romeo had to make free throws at the end and that th- this is a really competitive uh, game and, and from that light i like this you know ph is going to be the dark horse in districts but while i don't think they're going to win the district i do think they can make some noise in that district like I, I if the brackets are right you know are set up in a, in a way that we can get this to happen 
Would you be surprised at a Northern PH final? No, I wouldn't. And honestly, if I'm Northern, I okay, yes, Northern's the better team. On paper, if, if, if you run a math test, they win every time. But I really don't want to have to play my rival a second time in a they-have-nothing-to-lose situation. Because if you're Port Huron, no one expects you to win. This is North, That would be, in this scenario, it's Northern's coronation. It's their big moment where they win their district at home for the first time in forever, and they move on, they do it against the rival, and Port Huron can go out and go, there's about 12 people that believe in us and we're all in the locker room right now. Yep. That That's just a recipe for a no-win situation almost for Northern. Uh, and what didn't show up uh, on this, because I, I just put down Dwynell and, and Garrett because they were in double figures, but Ashford had eight. I think uh, Oriole had seven. Connor Rosenau had six. I mean, very balanced. And we've talked about this with the Big Reds. They don't have that one single superstar that dominates the play. The, it's a team effort. And some nights it's one guy, another night it's another guy. Usually it's two or three guys, and that's when they're doing well, and that's when they win games. But I was really kind of struggling with this. If I had to pick an MVP off of that team, it's probably Connor Rosenau, but, man, Garrett James turned it up at, a, at the midpoint of the season and has really been huge for them. See, the, the, the comparison I want to draw is one of their league opponents. Like He's the same role Braylon Essien plays. Is he the best basketball player on that team? This year I'd say no, but is he maybe the most – he's the thing that makes the team tick. Like for St. Clair and, and Port Huron, Braylon Franz and Connor Rosenau both are steady. Hey, they might not always get 25 points, but you notice them on the floor. Sometimes their play doesn't show up in the stat sheet. Like you go, that Rosenau kid's pretty good, and he ends the night with eight points and seven rebounds, but he's all over the floor defensively. He's the adult in the room bringing the ball up. He He's one of the reasons they limit turnovers. But when they're doing really well, it's because those secondary guys are having big nights. Bray, uh, Braylon Essien, Garrett James. So, yeah, they're very important pieces, and they neither side does what they do this year without them. But I still think that those guys that maybe don't show up all the time in the box score, they still have big nights, but those guys are the ones that are the heart and soul of the team, I'd say. All right. One other max score, New Haven beat uh, Redford Westfield, whoever they are. 79-38 to 38 was the final there. All right, let's get into the BWAC and a game that you saw on Friday night between Croslex and Imlay City. So this game started off as looking like a vintage Croslex game. It, for whatever reason, it didn't seem like Emily City was ready to come out and play. And bang, it's 12-2, to 2, and they take a time. Emily City takes a timeout a few minutes in, and I'm sitting there going, all right, well, this game's over. <laughs> this this what Croslex does. They blitzkrieg you. You take a timeout, and you're down ten before all the fans sat down. And thanks for coming. We've won this game, and it's seven thirty-five at night. <laughs> I hope you didn't buy your popcorn yet. But MLA City just wouldn't go away. They just started, you know, scoring a little bit. They slowed down Croslex. I believe the score at the end of the first quarter it was. It was like an eight-point game or a nine-point game. And Evans for MLA City hits a three at the buzzer. There was .7 seconds left. They inbound on a, on a baseline out-of-bounds play. 
and he just slips over to the corner. He catches, throws up a rainbow, and it goes in. And it cuts the lead down to, I believe, five or six. And it was like something clicked in MLA City's head where they went, oh, yeah, we can score against them. Yeah, we're, we're right back in this game. And they went back and forth. And they'd never catch Croslex, but they'd get close. They hit a buzzer beater at the end of the second quarter to make it, uh, a, a, I believe, a four-point game at halftime. I'd have to double-check. But... Again, back-to-back buzzer beaters, and you're sitting there as Cross Lex going, God, can we just put these guys away? Like, we're, we're fighting, we're battling, and they just, they're like a gnat, and they'd get up by 8 or 10. MLA City'd bring it back to 4. And meanwhile, Trey Kolakovich cannot miss for Cross Lex. He is running everything. The end of the third quarter, um, 42-32, Croslex brings it out to 10 again. And you're like, this game's over. MLA City fights back, but ultimately Croslex and really Trey Kolakovich was too much. They win 52, uh, excuse me, they win 64 to 51. Trey Kolakovich ends with 33, which I'm almost positive is a career high. I mean, 30 points is kind of that rarefied air where you're seeing a lot more 20-point games in high school yep. basketball. But to get to 30, I can only think of a handful of players that we've covered in our few years that have gotten to 30. Like I know Slanik did it last year for Cross-Lex. Obviously, Jamison has. Muxlow scored 30. But I don't, like, I think Carl Stevens may have gotten there. Like, 30 is a tough number. 30, to 30 is a tough number. And, yeah, like Trent Rice a few times in the last couple of years mm-hmm. has gotten there. Uh, not a lot of guys. If you're not named Jamison, nobody's getting there consistently. No, and 30 is kind of that benchmark of, wow, you had a hell of a game. And Trey Kolakovich had a hell of a game. He just went off, was going nuts, and kind of put the team on his back. Everyone else was playing all right. Um, he was answering everything Bo Hund was doing in the second half. I like this MLA City team. Bo Hund and, and Xander Nash are two nice players. I'm glad I finally got to see them in person. It was just one, you can't spot Croslex 10 points. And two, they just had a couple lulls in there where you can tell MLA City is getting there, but to be a team that's the standard bearer, oh, excuse me, you have to be able to not, you have to play basically a perfect 32 minutes. Yeah. Um, what I like is I saw Bohan last year, and he'd be open, and he wouldn't shoot the ball he was a pass first guy and obviously this year he's kind of picked up the reins and knows that there's a time to pass to somebody else but there's a time to take the open shot and knock it down and he was helping MLA City stay in the game Evans hit a few big shots obviously like I said Xander Nash was a nice player for them MLA City's got a, a nice team it's just Again, I'm assuming with some of their other loss, it's finding that consistent 32 minutes because there's stretches. They were playing with Cross-Lex, but if Cross-Lex is nothing else, they are consistent. All right, so this one screams trap game all over it because Richmond and Cross-Lex have a date this week. <laughs> yep. But Cross-Lex had to play Elmont, and all Elmont does. Richmond. Uh, yeah, uh, Richmond had to play Elmont. And all Elmont does is play close basketball games. Can we give them the award for most exciting team in the area? <laughs> because seriously, if you went, if you've gone to every Elmont game, you have very rarely been bored. 
I, I can't see how you could have been. I know all they all they do is play games that go down to the last shot. I know Richmond's had a couple guys banged up, but still, forty-one forty over Almont. Richmond doesn't score doesn't get held to forty-one points very often. No, and but from Almont, and from what I'm hearing, they had to make a defensive stop at the end. And again, Almont. It doesn't matter if they're playing the top team in the BWAC or one of the bottom teams in the BWAC. It seems like it's within ten points. And 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 basically, I mean, offensively, they really rely basically on two guys. You know, Rashevsky and Marco. Yeah. I'm not saying Marco's last name. Radoslavic <laughs> or something like that. Something I'm sure like I'm that. butchering it. <laughs> Uh, and and Richmond has a lot of weapons, so I saw that score and I was surprised. But then when I thought about it, I'm not so surprised because yeah, that's a team where I can see you. You're thinking Crosslex, Crosslex, right. league title next week, Crosslex, Crosslex, and Elmont is just good enough that if you take the night off, there this is what's going to happen. But can can we give Richmond a little bit of credit for? Pl- struggling in a trap game but just finding a way yeah. to win you survive and your record's still without a blemish in league play and you and still have a chance to be outright champs that's the important thing it still counts as just one win whether you win by one or a hundred they get the win over Almont. they survive maybe you need a little gut check time but yeah i'm thinking they were all focused on this thursday when they go up to Crosslex. Uh, i want to say that like all the games seemed fairly competitive on friday armada Heavy favorite, I think, against North Branch, but North Branch continues to improve. Yes, and this they one was do. 57 to 50. Armada wins. Yeah, and Armada is a team that can put up points in North Branch. Like I've said, they haven't had an amazing season. But if you look at the team this year from last year, they have made marked improvements. And I don't know, the Broncos are, are starting to lay the foundation. I know they have a couple seniors, like Will Damascus, is one of the leaders on that team, but. Maybe North Branch is starting to build something to where the next couple of years we talk about them in the same air is maybe not Croslex and Richmond right away, but as Yale, as MLA City, as, as Armada, where they can beat anyone on any given night. And Yale beat Algonac 68-54 in what I thought was kind of a, a run-and-gun, high-scoring game. Yale has played a few of those this year. They've also played some games. I mean, we've seen them slow yeah, it down. But they slowed it down against Croslex. They were running against uh, Algonac. Yeah, another heartbreaker for Cardinal Mooney, uh, Brady. Uh, you, you talk about Elmont playing some tight games. Um, Cardinal Mooney has been in some nail biters this year, and they lose to Cranbrook 47-46. Yeah, and unfortunately, kind of since the the half-court heave from Trent Rice to win over the Christmas break tournament against Clintondale, they haven't been on the right side of a lot of these close games. One thing I'll say, at least come playoff time, they, they won't be surprised when it's a close game. <laughs> no. They'll have a lot of late game close experience. But, yeah, that's that's one you kind of wish you were on the other side of. Yeah. Brown City rolls over Marlette 61-24. Again, put him to 16-1 Yeah, now. I was going to say, Brown City kind of the best-kept secret in the area in terms of, yeah, they're 16-1, they, they folks. They play Elmont tonight. This is a, a litmus test for them. If they go and beat Elmont by 10 – all right, now, like, Elmont's not a great team, but like you said, they, they just played Richmond tough. You go to Elmont, you get a convincing win. 
all right, now you put a little more stock in maybe, hey, once if Brown City gets out of their district, they can make some noise in a regional. But if you fall to Almont, that maybe raises a little bit of concern of they are thumb good, they're area good, but are they regional good? Because I believe they'd run into a team like Nouvelle or someone in a mm -hmm. regional. This is a game where you can, against the bigger school, against a solid team, prove yourself a little bit. If you if we want to be taken as serious regional title contenders, you win this game against Almont. What I like uh, in the stat that I like in this win is that Muxlow only had 13. That means the rest of Brown City scored 48, and that's good for those kids. Right, because once you get to some high-level teams, they'll be able to not stop Muxlow, but slow him down a little bit. And it's kind of like we talked about with Northern in, in the last couple years. You don't need to get 15 from your secondary guys, but if you can get eight, seven, seven, six, five, that adds up. Yeah, that adds up. All right, Harbor Beach beat Cape Pac fifty-seven to thirty-five. Sandusky really put it to ugly fifty to nineteen. That's an ugly team that went to the regionals last right. year. Um, Memphis over Landmark fifty-seven forty-seven. One other score from the uh, thumb. Peck beats Deckerville 55-43. Dalton Semph with 21. Uh, Cal Heaton had 17 for Peck. Uh, and Carson Palmer uh, came from the Raiders or wherever to score 15 for Deckerville. He's actually a big tight end in football. Yeah, and, well, you know that's a rivalry game. Yeah. Peck's having another nice season up there. They're not – the record isn't unbelievable, but the Pirates are – they have a solid squad up there. They do. Um, all right, we had a handful of girls' games on Friday, and it was a busy weekend for hockey. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Do you have the right financial advisor to help you reach your goals? Ameriprise Advisors can create a personalized, goal-based plan to help you prepare for whatever life brings so you can feel more confident about your financial future. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Nitrous King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. 
Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast. Just a handful of games on Friday night for the ladies, uh, Brady, but uh, Gracie Koenig had a career-high 20 points in Almont's 31-28 to win over Richmond. couple of oh, things here. Yeah. How much better is Richmond getting? Yes, they are getting better, and they're playing much more competitive, but a 20-point game, like we said last segment, is not as unusual in high school basketball as it was even 10 years ago. But to score 20 when your team scores 31 is pretty unusual. Yeah, it's like you're somebody scoring, cover that girl. You're scoring legitimately <laughs> two-thirds of your team's points. I know it wasn't a ton, but that's a hell of an effort. <laughs> yes, it is. By Gracie Koenig. Um, and that's she's not even a basketball first player. She's going to yeah, be a central yeah. softball yeah, player. she's a softball player. So. And that's, hey. You know what? You win a close game. Good for them because they've won a few now. And no, they're not going to be BWAC champs, but it's got to feel good to to get a winning streak going. Yeah. Uh, Yale beats Genesee 58-35. to I was actually talking to a non-Yale coach who was bragging up this Yale girls basketball team. Coach Rossi at Northern yeah. is a teacher in Yale, uh, and he's really high on what uh, the Lady Bulldogs are doing. Well, again – they're some of their best pieces, the younger Dykstra. Because the older Dykstra is good, but she's a senior, so she will graduate. Barr and Martin are three pieces I'd really like to have on my girls' basketball team, and they're either sophomores or freshmen. So you know you're getting them for that, that trio for at least two more seasons. That's a pretty good trio to have. And, I mean, after this year when, hey, some of the – Better players like 40s graduating. I think the other Langeman is a senior. Gormley's a senior. You're gonna move up on the on the rung in the BWAC and have a chance. Like Armada, if they get healthy, I know a couple of their younger players have battled injuries, yep. but Armada and Yale look like the the, the future's bright for them. The, the projections are high yes. for the Tigers and the Bulldogs. Yeah, th- those are teams that going into next season will have an eye on and will be going, okay, is this the year they make the move? And the other one that I'm going to throw into that mix is Croslex. Yeah, because they've had some young players that have been playing better too. and they, they might not have the wow factor, but they just, as a team, are getting better. Yes. 
It's night and day from a year ago watching that team play with basically the same lineup. And Coach Knoll's done a nice job. Yes, really good job. Maybe the ladies' coach of the year, certainly in the running. That would be something I'd have to think a little more about. Yeah. But I. But think it's you, a name that's got to be on the list. Yeah, you at least bring it, bring her up. Absolutely. All right, Memphis beat Landmark forty four to thirteen, and uh, another win for Sandusky. They beat Ubley forty four twenty six. This time it was the Twins. Allie Jansen with sixteen. Brooke Jansen with uh, twelve in the latest Lady Wolves victory. And they have a new mascot. Yes. They, them in North Branch both debuted a new mascot, <laughs> which that's something, Dennis. We don't have, like, any mascots in the area. Those two just got some. Northern has one that comes out on occasion. Yeah. St. Clair's getting one at the end of, oh, I think for next school year. But, like, we, I, I stopped and thought about it. There's just not a lot of mascots in the area. No, it was something you saw more, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, well, like for 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 a long time, we had Viking guy at Marysville right, passing was, out the Laffy Taffy. I, I know, <laughs> I know Marysville has a mascot costume, but no one ever wears it for anything. Yeah. Like I think it's just sitting and yeah, um, the uh, I, everyone at Marysville was yelling at me because I can't remember the man's name. But yeah, he'd always dress up as a, but that was not an official mascot, and I don't think Marine City's ever really had one. They just. Their mascot's the cannon in the end zone. <laughs> I think somebody used to dress up like a pirate, but I don't know if it was an official mascot. Yeah, so there just hasn't been. And that's I want to see more of that. Mascots are cool, even if the northern one's a little scary. <laughs> and not like in a, ooh, it's going to eat me. It's like, a, what's that thing on? I like the big bad wolf. It is, it is interesting. <laughs> but I'd rather have that than nothing at all. Yeah. Anyway, so a lot of hockey, including lot, Northern. A lot, lot of hockey. Um, let's start Friday first. Um, Dakota, who I would see on Saturday, uh, pretty good uh, team. They beat Anchor Bay 4-2 to two Friday night. Uh, the Tars get goals from Kellen Paul and Justin Spina in that one. Legion beat Manistee. Now, the final was 9-1, to one, but Legion, I think, scored six in the third. So this was a 3-1 game through two. And then Legion went off in the third period. But one line combined for 18 points in this game. That's Brady. pretty good. Uh, I bet you know who was on this line. Well, if I had to guess, Caleb Lettner. Seven points, four goals, and three assists. Puts him up to 41 goals on the season. Tyler Lamb had three goals and three assists. And Chase Talaski was slacking Two goals and three assists uh, in the win. Kendall Dumas had three assists uh, in a big win for Legion there. Then on Saturday, boy, was it a, a busy day. Cranbrook and Northern was the first game that I saw at McMorrin. So getting towards the end of the season, Northern's been carrying three goalies all year, uh, and uh, Alcomo and Bumgartner have been playing all the games. Mm-hmm. Kyle Dunn hadn't had any appearances yet. They decided to start Kyle Dunn. Cranbrook was 4-17, and 17, and I believe they'd lost seven in a row. Northern had beaten them at Cranbrook 6-5 to five in overtime about a, less than a month ago, a few weeks, few weeks back. So Northern started Kyle Dunn, and I, and I felt bad because the first shot he faces is below the hash marks right out in front of the net, a centering feed from behind the goal, and it's a slam dunk for the kid. Really, unless it hits the goalie, no chance. 
Then they get a power play, and they're zipping the puck around, and everybody touches it, and the kid smokes a one-timer home from uh, basically between the circles, just above the hash marks, to make it a, a 2 nothing score. And then basically a 2 on nothing with a, a nice centering pass, and the kid goes in and backhands one up under the crossbar. And 6-21 into the game, it's 3 nothing. I really didn't feel like Kyle Dunn had a chance on any of the goals. Um, and he's back on the bench. Evan Alcomo's in the game. But Northern woke up. Like, sometimes coaches don't change goalies because of the goalie. They change right. goalies to embarrass their players. It worked because Northern came to life, and they really were the better team for the rest of the game. But they couldn't climb all the way out of the hole. Nehemiah Barrett scored late in the first to make it 3-1. to one. Northern outshot him 16 to 8 in the second, but it was still 3 to 1 at the end of the second. They got a power play goal from Tanner Scotcher midway through the third to make it 3 to 2. When that one went in, I thought, okay, the seal's broken. Northern's going to come back in this game. They did everything but tie that that game. Um and and the big thing for them, they had six power plays and they only scored one power play goal. And that's those are the golden opportunities. Yep. So uh, I thought the Huskies played a fairly solid game after the first six and a half minutes, but they didn't play a good first six and a half minutes, and that cost them the hockey game. Well, sounds like Cranbrook went three for three on their opportunities to start the game. Pretty much, and yeah. Northern went one for six on the power play, and that ends up being the difference. Is Cranbrook, when they had open looks early, they – Got a big lead, and they were able to just hold water until the, the final buzzer sounded. Marysville and Dakota was the second game. Now, Dakota, a couple weeks ago, beat Marysville 8-1 to down in Mount Clemens. Yep. This is a, a pretty good Dakota hockey team, um, and this was a, a pretty evenly played hockey game. Scoreless until 11.39 of the first, and then a kid named Caden Jackson got a chance and sniped one right under the crossbar. I mean, you couldn't pick up the puck with your hand and stuff it up into the net any better than where he he shot it. But it only took Marysville 55 seconds to retaliate. Uh, Brody Tuffin had a good week this week. Uh, He had a couple of goals when I saw them uh, on Wednesday, uh, and he sniped one to tie the game at 1-1. And, Brady, it stayed 1-1 until 9.08 of the third period. And it was – Kind of a tight checking, you know, there were chances, but there weren't a ton of chances either way. Team they, they had to work for their scoring and they chances. Super high quality. And, and and when you get into games like this, it's usually a mucky, ugly, crappy kind of goal. And that's exactly what it was. Kid shot the puck from the blue line, hit one of his guys out in front of the net, like in the hip, and deflected into the net. The guy just was, was standing there, and the next thing you know, he's celebrating a goal that gives his team a 2-1 to one lead. Um, Marysville pressured all the way down to the end, uh, and they got an empty net goal with 19 seconds left to make it a th- the 3-1 final. But this was a really good, really tight hockey game, um, and I think a very nice recurring. You lose to a team, they spank you 8-1, to one, and then the next time around, you're within a, a, in a shot, you know, uh, 
the, anybody could have won this game. It's just Dakota got it out a win and and had two very nice with the Anchor Bay win because we know how the Tars play. Right, they kind of play that mucky playoff style. So Dakota had a good weekend, um, and I thought Marysville played a, a strong game. I've seen Marysville win and not play as well as they did on Saturday. That's how it goes sometimes. I mean, we talked I mean, when Northern beat Orchard Lake St. Mary's. It was kind of the flip. And then it was what? Lance Cruz Unified. They yeah. outplayed them for basically the whole game and lot. That's how hockey goes sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Just- Northern had no business beating St. Mary's and they won the game. They had no business losing to um, Lance Cruz Unified. Probably should have beaten Cranbrook, too, what, what, what it boils down to. Uh, Anchor Bay beat PH 8-1 to Saturday night. Will Forrester, two goals, two assists. Caden Lee and Justin Spina, each with two goals and an assist. And Essexville-Garber beat Thumb Legion 6-3. to uh, Legion did get another Caleb Lettner goal. That's 42 now. He's I, got, what, I, two I, more regular season games he, in the playoff game? He, he might get to 50. He, he might. Yeah, it, like that's that's eight, tough. Eight goals in three games is not an impossibility. I'd have there. to look back at who the opponents are, but it's yeah. not impossible, but that's – even asking a lot by his standards. I don't know. I, I think he might get there. Uh, be, Wyatt be really Ryan. cool if he did. Wyatt Ryan and Tyler Lamb also had uh, goals for uh, Legion. And that's all the hockey. All right. That's And we're all caught up for um, over the weekend. We're all caught up for over the weekend. So we'll take a break. And uh, Brady will have something for us in the third segment. He always does. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-87. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. 
Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis and Brady, Tri-County Equipment, Get Stuck on Sports podcast. Um, Brady, you had a poser for me earlier. Is that yeah, what we're going to go with? I, I did. So, obviously, last night was the Super Bowl, and, you know, watching it, and it was a really fun game, and I couldn't imagine, like, if the Lions were in that situation. I knew it, I would be a mess, and I'd be nervous, and it would I would not be fun to be around. That <laughs> That's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is, in your broadcasting career, and especially here with all the high school sports we've done, because we've each done over, what, 300-some games now. So we've done a lot. We've done some pretty big ones. We've had some good teams. Is What's the most nervous you've been for a game you've done? Because, like, if we were watching the Super Bowl and the Lions are in it, I have zero control on that outcome. Just like if you're broadcasting, you have zero control on the outcome. You are just there. It's happening but you're along for the ride. And especially with some of the teams, like when we follow the ride through and you know there's the big game coming up, you've been there and you've seen them take those steps along the way. So for you, I'm especially with the hockey teams you worked with, you're there night in and night out. You're there from training camp to the last horn. There's probably been some games you've been pretty nervous for. Well, I mean, for, for me, like with the, with the hockey, and this is going back a few years, um, we had a couple of playoff series involving Flint, which was our big rival, and you want to beat those guys. Those games are nerve-wracking. We, we had a, a best of five when it was the Beacons, which is maybe before you were even born. No, that was uh, early 2000s. <laughs> I was so, around for the Beacons. All right. So so the, Be- the Beacons won the series three games to nothing, but it felt like a seven-game series. Because game one was four to three with a goal late in the third period to win it. Game two was four to three in double overtime. And game three at McMorrin was six to five in double overtime. And at one point they were down five nothing in the game. So that was really because you don't want to lose to those guys. Right. And then the Ice Hawks went to the finals the one year. And yes, I was nervous when it got to game seven. And of course, game seven went triple overtime. And we ended up losing. But it was the series before where, again, we were playing Flint and we were the heavy favorite to win the series. And, again, all the games were really close. Two of them were decided in overtime. The 
won the series four games to one, but it felt like a, it went seven games with the overtimes. We lost a game at home on a last-second goal. So that was tough. High school-wise, um, really easy because they were, they were both a couple of years ago when we did the softball finals. When Marysville and Owasso played, I was nervous before that game started. I wanted those because I had followed the entire right. trip through you the postseason. Pre district game on a Tuesday yeah. for them to the state. You started in Yale and ended in MLA, or MLA City in East Lansing for what the seven game trip. You had the what three pre yeah. three district, two regional quarterfinals. I, I probably saw that year. I probably did at least fifteen Marysville games. Because we covered them a lot in the regular season, too. Right. Um, so I, I kind of felt like I had been along for the ride with that team. And all we had heard about was this Owasso girl was a flamethrower. Nobody could hit her. Her stats were just stupid. She had like a 0.3 ERA and struck out all but like four outs all season. And she blew Marysville away for the first two innings. And then Kirsten Smith, in that driving rainstorm, ran into one and hit a three-run homer over the center field fence. And, like, that really made the butterflies in my stomach calm down. But I was nervous for that one. I really – I've never wanted a team to win so bad as I wanted that group of girls to win. They were just such a nice group of of kids – Coach Ratchie, Coach no one Winston. And into the season said they were going to be in the state championship. Yeah, it, it was completely out of the blue. They weren't on our radar. It really, we didn't start even considering it even until they won the regional. Right. Cause that's you, when you're like, oh. You knew they were good, but it was yeah. how good. Like, let's use Algonac as the, the, the comparison. We knew from day one they had superstars on their team. That Algonac could win a state title. We knew that before the first pitch was thrown last year. And obviously, I'm sure that game against Millington had one because I'll bring up the Richmond game against Millington the year before in that regional because kind of thought that that was the de facto state title game. Yeah. That it started off, Shavan Scooter hits a home run, first at bat. And then the girl from Millington, first at-bat for them, hits a home run, and it's 1-1 till the top of the ninth inning. And in that game, uh, Van Scooter had to strike out back-to-back Millington players with the bases loaded in, like, the bottom of the eighth to stay alive. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the Richmond game later in the day, when it started, I wasn't as nervous for that one because I had a good feel about Richmond, and I thought mm-hmm. they're the better team. They're going to win this game. And it got to it to be, I think, the, the sixth inning. They were down one nothing. Yeah. But then they rallied and scored a couple of, of runs. But as that game started wearing on and they had less and less outs to go, I started to get a little bit more nervous. Once they took the lead, I thought, okay, it's a tight game, but they're gonna get it. They're gonna get this done. Shea's not gonna give up a run. And and they're gonna get this done. And they fortunately did uh, win that game. In the case of Marysville, uh, you know, it fell apart for them. Right. The innings, and they ended up losing eight to five. But those were two terrific games, and that was a terrific weekend. Um, and, and that was really exciting, and I was really nervous. Well, and let's go to basketball because the Marysville girls, when they played Lake Fenton, I wasn't nervous 
because it felt like it was house money. Like they had just played a not great game to get through Cranbrook. Remember, they they didn't struggle through the districts, but they battled through the districts. They didn't look like a team that was earmarked for a quarterfinal. And Lake Fenton was this team that was supposed to show up, roll the ball out, claim a regional title, and go to a quarterfinal, maybe make a state title run. And Marysville came out and just kicked their ass. And that one I wasn't nervous. It was almost like, this is awesome. No one expected it. It was incredible. The only boys game I think I could say I was nervous for was Crosslex Ferndale. But even that one, it was like you just knew it was going to be two good teams going at it. And at, by the end, they, at, both teams had left everything on the court, and the difference between those two teams was negligible. Yeah. So that one, I mean, there haven't been that, I guess, butterfly in the, in the stomach. That's the closest one probably because we just haven't had as many huge games in – in either sport or in either boys or girls basketball outside of those couple. Yeah. Um, I haven't really had one for, for football. Um, I've had games that have gotten down to the wire, like the, the end of the one Cardinal Mooney game a couple of years ago where they right. lost on the last play. I mean, that final drive, you start getting like, come on guys, get the stop, get the stop. And, and it's almost like a deflated feeling because there were a couple of fourth downs. It's just like, Get the stop. You're winning the game. You're moving on to next week. And they kept getting first downs. Fourth and four. And the kid would get four and an inch. You know, fourth and seven. And he'd pull something out of his rear end and get a nine-yard gain. Um, And then even the last play of the game, the clock is running out. And he just kind of throws it over his shoulder and there's a kid standing in the end zone going, oh, look what I found. He wasn't even on the roster. Well, the the Marine City run for me, the game I was probably the most nervous for was the Portland game because that was the one where everyone was kind of saying, well, Marine City had the easy ride. Now Portland, a really good team's going to come in. And Marine City took it to them a bit. I mean, they, they handled Portland pretty well. When they got to the Ford Field in the GRCC game, you knew it was an uphill battle. You knew that they were the decided underdog. And if they won, it wouldn't be the biggest upset ever, but it would be a pretty big upset. And they did what they could, but that team was stacked. So it was hard to get super nervous for that one. Yeah, you you, you kind of go in. In your head, you've already predetermined what you think the game's going to be like. Uh, and in that case, it was actually close through three quarters. Right. Um, it wasn't really – they didn't pull away until the fourth quarter, but the end result was kind of what you thought it would be like. Like the, the ones you get the most nervous for are the ones where you kind of don't have any feel of what's going to happen. And you know – the team has to be, I think, good enough that you know if they win that game, there's more they can accomplish if it's not like a state title game. Um, so, yeah, like it, those – maybe like – I'm sure if Northern has a big run this year in boys, there's going to be a game where you're going into, like, if they play Dakota in a a district game, you know that they're probably better than Dakota. That game's going to be a little nerve-wracking because it's like, okay, can they finally get the the monkey off their back? Yeah, because it's the one thing that, as a school, they haven't been able to do is beat Dakota, win that district. This year, we think they can do it, but yeah, until it actually happens, you're, you're, there's still that little doubt that sits in the back of your mind. 
because it, it's hard to do something the first time. Right, and if the uniforms were different, had they redid the districts and that same Dakota team was wearing, I don't know, pick a Flint school, or they were wearing uh, Lakeview colors, wouldn't be nervous. But it's just because of who they are and they haven't gotten over that hump. Does the does the pay, on paper does it say they should win that district or beat those teams? Yes, but until it happens, it's like you. We know what this team is capable of, and I think that's part of the thing that makes it nervous. The nervousness is unrealized potential and what could have been, and the fact that so many of these guys are so young. Right, you wonder at some point will that play a factor in things because they've been so mature to this point. Right. So I mean, it gives you the—I don't want to call it a false sense of security, but it gives you kind of a okay, they're young, but they don't play young. Mm-hmm. But at some point, do the bright lights catch up to you? Yeah, but um, I was just—that's probably going to be the next nerve-wracking one. Um, I mean, there's been a few, I guess, baseball ones. Algonac's re- regional final, quarterfinal games were a bit nerve-wracking, but. Yeah, the softball ones are probably the ones where you kind of have those butterflies in your... I don't know why those two. Like, Marysville, okay, I, I went there. But even for Algonac, I had the same feeling. And it was... I don't know why it's the softball finals because I guess it can turn so quickly. But well, we've done I, baseball yeah. through and... The, the Algonac game w- was less nerves for me and more just like gut wrenching i was crushed yeah that they had won that game they'd won that game that they dominated and millington a strike away from and that's actually the second time that's happened to me there because right. a couple of years earlier richmond lost to ida but that was in the state final yeah that, that was one. and they were a strike away from being repeat champs and it didn't happen and then but just Milling, Millington hit the ball hard twice the entire game, and it was the last two hitters, and it was enough for them to sneak out the win. Well, I guess that's a slightly different question I can ask is, what's the most crushed you've been after doing it? I was pretty crushed after that, that one, game. I remember we were Because, again, out. same thing. I did a lot of Algonac games last season. Right. And I remember thinking – Midway through, because the thing they were our last team left, and you're like, I'll do the semifinals, you do the finals. By about the fifth inning, I'm going, all right, what are my plans for tomorrow? I got to get back, and then it just ended, and it was one of those where it was like, no, no, this this didn't happen. We're coming back tomorrow, right? Yeah. And then it was like the realization, like, ah, crap, we don't have anything till the first game of football, because even if it was just one more day. I had going into the game. I was like, "All right, this isn't going to be." And then Ella Stevenson hits a nuke over the left field fence, and you're on. They got this, and then it was taken away from you. Yeah. yeah well, and then one. J.C. Reams had the big hit to give them a two-run lead, right. and you're like, "Yes, Algonac's winning. We're going to be back tomorrow. Brady's going to call the finals." And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Wait, what just happened?" Yeah. No, uh, Bomarito was striking everybody out. They couldn't touch her. Right. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of some other games where you just left. The regionals last year when Cross, Lex, and Richmond both lost in boys. Because you go in going, we could have an all-BWAC regional final. Yeah, it was an off chance, but it could happen. 
and you get and done. you really feel you're at least going to get a split. Right, like one of them's going like, to win. Yeah, odds are you're coming back and you're driving home, and it's just like, all right, well, boys' basketball season's done. And I guess that's the one at the end of the season where you sit there and you have that realization, like, all right, well, this is over now, and it doesn't feel like it should be. Um, I'm sure there's a couple football games you've done where. Like, uh, like, what were you feeling before the Croslex Freeland game? Because after that one, it's kind of you knew that team could do something special, and then it was over. And it's like, well, it was one of those things because it's a it was a long drive out to Freeland, so right. you have a lot of time to think about like, oh, what's going to happen, what could happen, how good is, is Croslex? Then they marched down the field on the opening drive like nothing. Right. They just went through them like this is so easy. Like we're we're playing third graders, and I'm like, oh, Crosslex is gonna gonna yeah. win, and and they're gonna they're gonna be playing next week. And then yeah, it, not only did it not happen, but it ended up not being close. They couldn't stop Freeland, and so that was kind of an in-game experience where I went from this super high five minutes into the game. To by halftime, I'm like, geez, I don't know. And then by the end of the third quarter, it's like season's over. Right. I can I just say the entire football playoffs this year, where we had so many teams that were really solid, and you knew not all of them were going to make runs, but we had like three or four teams that could legitimately make regional final runs. And the first night is over, and you looked and like, okay, uh, Brown City and Ugly. Like, everybody lost that first yeah. week. And it was like, no, like, no, North Branch was going to win or Croslex or, or Marine City was going to, even they won their first game, but, but someone was going to, from our area, was going to win between them and Yale. Well, I mean, we were excited, too, because we looked at Mooney, and Mooney was like, beat yeah. Everest. Yes. And they're going to play ugly for the championship. And that was one, the, the first play, Hazen Leader, touchdown. You're going, yes, they've got it, and then it just unraveled. And that was when we got done. I think Welper was at that game, and we're like, where do we go now? Like, this football yeah. season's basically over for us. Well, and the, the first weekend out at Memorial Stadium, we were thinking both Northern and PH are winning. Right. They're the favorites. Lance Cruz has never won, beat neither of those teams in the playoffs. Lakeview wasn't a threat, and they both kind of got smashed. Northern's run defense had given up like four yards all season, and Lakeview came in there and rushed for 400 yards. Right. Like, who saw that coming? Yeah. I certainly didn't. I was stunned. I'm sitting there stunned in the first half as every time this kid touches the ball, he's going 70 yards. Right, and... It was just rough because even that first night of the football playoffs, Marine City won and the Armada game was taken a while and they had been winning the whole game and then they lose with like six seconds left and it's like, wait, we don't get the Armada-Marine City rematch? Like that was the one thing that I think Callie was at the, the Yale-Marine City game and we were talking like, yeah, at least we'll get this. It, if nothing else, we'll get this rematch. Because we didn't realize how good Flint Hamity was. Oh, yeah, and, that one shocked me. And we didn't get that, and it was just like, no, this, no, Marine City and Armada are going to play. We already decided it. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't, yeah. I don't accept this, these results. This is our call, and, and yes. we, get, we get our way. 
Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you on that one. Because I'm on just, Selection Sunday, it, we just had so much excitement that we didn't know, okay, which team are we going to be following? We had all these scenarios, and a week later, we're asking for leftover crumbs, basically. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Horick was the kid's name. After three carries, he had 129 yards, and he finished with 242, and another kid had 108. I mean, if, that never happens to Northern. No. Never. No, and that Northern team was really solid, and maybe it was just a bad night, but yeah. There were a few times, like, I showed a little more that, like, when we do these games, we get invested. We, like, when we, especially when you follow the journey, like the Marysville softball team or the Cross Lex boys when we did every single game of their playoff run. You get invested. You've seen every minute of that run, and, yeah, it, you want them to win. Like, those are your guys now. And when you're up in the press box talking with someone else, you defend your guys. And then when it's over, it hits you sometimes. But, like, at least the Cross-Lex one, you felt like they left everything on the table. Like, they didn't go out there and lay an egg. Or they didn't – like, yeah, the, the holding the ball was screwy. But that was still a double overtime thriller. And it was a hell of a way to end it. But – it just didn't go the way, but yeah, those. Were, and it was a steal, or they win that game. Yeah, Jake Townsend did steal that ball. <laughs> that was a clean steal. But not to drudge up bad memories for you. Hey, what do you know? What are you gonna do about it now? Can can I give one that uh, it, it technically wasn't a game? But when I found out that the Marysville boys team got basically COVIDed out oh, yeah. of the districts and we didn't get to get, first of all, the Armada um, Marysville game, which would have been a great basketball game. But still, that is going to be the one game that 30 years from now I'm talking about how in 2021 Marysville and Croslex never got to play each other. And that's the greatest game that never happened. Yeah. Yeah, we were excited for that one because obviously Marco was having a great year, um, and Marysville had a really strong team. And we were saying team. if there was one team that could have could have knocked off that Croslex team, it was that Marysville team. Yeah. And then when Armada does get there, Connor McKenzie gets coveted out of that, so it just put a damper on the whole district. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one. That was that was well, that was a tough year too. We had the long break during football. There was like two months before Marine City finally played Frankenmuth. And then that ended up kind of being anticlimactic. And then it was another month or more before we finally got the okay to start basketball. We kept getting dates, and it kept getting pushed back. It was very frustrating times. That was a very – but we made it through. We did make it through. through. And now we're almost to 700 games, Brady. I know. We're, what, going to hit that this or next week? Um, probably not this week, probably next week. That's still – that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. So we'll probably be over, what, 800 by the end of the school year? Um, should be, yeah. We should go – because baseball, softball, you know we do a ton of games. Yeah, absolutely. But we've rambled on long enough. Um, we'll be back Wednesday with more. Wednesday with more. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.